0: Welcome, 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 everybody. Oh, welcome right. back to Evening Alpha. Uh, it is I, Todd Wanish, your host. That opening soundtrack always makes me feel like I've just dropped way too much MDMA and I'm right? back to like 1996. I thought I
1: was a Burning Man for a second. It right? is. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what it
0: is. It's Evening Man. Uh, well, everybody, welcome to Evening Alpha. Uh, I've got an incredible guest tonight, but uh, and I cannot wait to introduce you. Before we jump in, though, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you're just new, if you're just joining us, it's, it's, I should tell you what this is about. So evening alpha is a little different than other, uh, interview shows in the NFT space. Uh, most of what we do is talk about, uh, the storytelling side of the NFT space. And, uh, really what we're doing is offering exclusive unfiltered conversations between NFT founders. I'm the founder of a project called adult fantasy. We talk to other founders. So what you get is is something beyond like. what. How does your utility work? And what's your tokenization plans? Like an actual conversation so that you, you get to really know who it is that that is behind these projects. Because this stuff is not easy. And it's incredibly hard. I think it's much harder having, having launched a number of, of tech startups and being in the business for a long time. I think it's way harder. Like it's the most, it's the hardest type of product you can absolutely do. Like it's insane. So we really like to kind of get behind the scenes and actually talk to people about what it's like to run these projects, what they're going through, what they're pushing, putting out there and, and really get to know who they are as people so that we can, you know, ape into their projects and and be really satisfied with that. So with that said, I'm, I'm super stoked tonight. Uh, I've got somebody that I I cannot wait to talk to and learn more about Um, JP. What is up, man? How are you?
1: How's it going, Todd? I'm doing excellent. Awesome, Uh, man. Stoked to be here. Yeah. So, so,
0: JP, you are from Cool Crocs. So, Mm -hmm. first question, man, what the heck is Cool Crocs?
1: Cool Crocs is a multimedia brand that is a long time coming. uh, It's based on a character I first drew in 2009 as part of a comic series, and that has just been developing its IP, and actually moved down to LA, where I am currently, to you know, get into the animation industry when I decided that's really what I cared about the most in life is cartoons. Um, And and when I did the pandemic happened. you know, COVID messed with a lot of people's plans, but for me, it it led me to NFTs, uh, which is what Cool Crocs is. It is uh, an NFT multimedia brand where we are doing an animated series uh, based on this IP that I've been created for creating for over a decade. So it's the perfect platform for me to put all of my different creative aspects of it. Uh, I was recently diagnosed ADHD, and that's a big component of the project as well. Is that you know the goal is to serve and aid assistance to people that have neurodivergence and ADHD, and that's you know how it all came about is I I was in therapy uh, because I was in LA and and the the Everybody in down. LA
0: needs therapy. Just, <laughs> That's it's true. Like New York, it's like New Yorkers <laughs> over here. We need, everyone needs therapy.
1: And uh, so, yeah, that, you know, COVID is going on. I couldn't do, you know, I couldn't, the industry was shut down that I moved here for. It was like rough times for everyone. And, and certainly for me. And, and through that process, I was diagnosed with ADHD and it really clicked that all these different Creative projects I've been doing over a decade. I've been a, a DJ, I've rapped, you know, opening up for hieroglyphics crew members in Oakland. Uh, I've done stand-up comedy. I, I've been writing, you know, visual art, just all over the board. And so that kind of, it all came into perspective at the same time, right? Uh, the push towards NFT technology, uh, being diagnosed, seeing that animation can thrive um, in this NFT environment. And just a a place where that actually like a community that actually celebrates creativity versus what I hear in the industries where they don't want you to be a multi-hyphenate, right? They want you to specialize in one thing and and put you in that box. And I was never good at that game. And so this is the perfect outlet, uh, for a lot of creatives to be founders of projects like this. So, so that's what cool crux is in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. You mentioned hieroglyphics, man. So you're throwing some old school hip hop my way and it's nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyro uh, Day just happened down in Oakland uh, where they celebrate the hieroglyphics, which, you know, 93 until Affinity was their big hit. And I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really glad that I was able to be part of a, a hip hop nonprofit um, that had them perform on our events and I was able to open up for them.
0: That's awesome, man. It's so much fun working with these groups. Like, I got a chance back in the day to work with. Uh... Uh, Tony Braxton and The Roots and Outkast doing animation for like like animated music videos. That's Um, (laughs) my one of my my original like my original uh, course. Basically, super short story. Like like after I graduated college, I had had basically set up my entire career uh, to be an artist, like for for Marvel Comics specifically, penciler comics, Marvel. That's it. If I had gotten that job, I, I would have been there for done right um and what ended up happening is when i graduated i had all the connections i had worked my ass off through high school and college and gone all up and down the east coast and talked to editors and did the whole comic con thing all the way to to all the stuff got to a point where i knew what my work i wasn't like like a badass but i knew what my work was professional and then the market crashed it was Mm -hmm. like the 90s market crash and so nobody was getting work um and so uh, that's, I started working at Cartoon Network and after a few years at that, I was like, you know what, I just want to do like music videos. Uh, all I want to do is animate, like I wanted I wanted my career to be like uh, AHA's take on me, like I was like, if I can just anim- direct animated music videos, like my life will be good. Uh, and so I got a few, I got I got to work with The Roots, I got to work with, with OutKast, uh, I did uh, Tony Braxton, uh, and maybe a couple others, like like smaller tier people. Um, and then I was just like, man, it was way too much work and not enough pay and <laughs> like
1: all the that's other, music, all the other. That's what music videos are like, you know, I've got, um, uh, I've been working on a bunch of music videos recently myself, just as production, you know, just doing what I can to survive in LA and doing a lot of production work on film sets and whatnot. And yeah, the money is not in music videos. That is for sure.
0: For sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief, you know, but it's
1: cool. I mean, like. Like that's, that's, that's awesome. You know, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. Of, a it's a hell of a lot of
0: fun, but it's, it's something you can do in like maybe your twenties, maybe your thirties. But after that, you're like, nah, man, I got to eat, you know, I gotta make some so, money. so, so, so you, you took all this passion that you have and you're doing all this stuff. Um, what was it about, what was it about NFTs or, or the market or blockchain? Like, what was it that kind of gave you that aha moment that, that where you felt that you could focus? Especially with this chaotic, create not like not just creative energy and, and ADHD and things like that, but but chaotic creative energy, which is even harder because I, I can relate to that 100%. So, how did you what was it about this space where you it just like made you able well, to focus on it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of different things, and like I said, it's all them all converging together, which was so profound for me. Like, so I got into NFTs. I mean, a long time ago, like uh, CryptoKitties. I, I was recording an album and my audio engineer was, you know, a crypto nerd. Uh, shout out to Hash Brown. Um, and he, you know, was telling me about Ethereum. He the first one to like held my hand to get Ethereum, Ethereum wallet. Like I already had Bitcoin. And so as a philosophy ideology, I liked that technology was moving, you know, an internet native currency that doesn't have any borders and isn't centralized, right? So mm-hmm. first of all, philosophically, that really woke me up is like, cause I'm not a big fan of, you know, the the capitalist system, governments, or whatever you want to call it that we live in. Um, and so alternatives to that are very exciting to me. So that was the first thing that plugged me down that road. He held my hand the rest of the way there to get me, you know, onto CryptoKitties and to see like what this kind of could do. And back then it was so new, I didn't really understand it. But uh, mm-hmm. in 2020, um 2021 february 2021 we made our first nfts he you know he taught me how to go through sites to mint my art as an nft um and so it was just cool to have art on a different medium and that's kind right. of all it was when that started and then that the same month gary v's uh company 137 pm came out with an article like wtf or nfts right. and so i took that as a sign because that literally happened a week after i launched my first art as an nft so so i saw that as like i must be tapping on the zeitgeist and like new technology is very fun exciting Mm -hmm. um and that excitement you know really got into me i you know big fan of the v friends project which you know now we can see is kind of more like a cartoon brand like he's kind of doing like you know creating disney in a way um and so seeing that and knowing that that's also what I wanted to do with these characters that I had created back in 2009, um, it just kind of led me down this path. And then I saw Deadheads do their animated series and it was like, and then that's when it really clicked. It was like, oh, this is a medium that I can do my goal in life, which was to you know merge all of my talents for, for a, a cartoon show um, mm-hmm. and have it exist on a platform, with a technology that's new and exciting and that circumvents a lot of the traditional media outlets and gatekeepers. So all of those things happening at the same time, you know, as being diagnosed ADHD and learning about what that is and And seeing that this space is perfect for people that have ADHD and, you know, are neurodivergent because there's, you're your own boss, because it's so chaotic, Mm -hmm. right? Like our brains thrive and do perfectly well in chaos. It actually makes it more calm. Like I'm better adapted to this, you know, chaotic energy of NFTs than, you know, an office life, which I've had before. And just, it drives me insane. I can only, you know, it's only lasted like a year and (laughs) a half.
0: Yeah. office jobs are the worst, man. I, I, I am the world's worst employee. Um, <laughs> I really am. I've only had, I've only had two jobs and they were both by choice. Uh, I was, I'd already had my companies for a while and I just decided like I had never worked for anybody else in, in like a full-time role. Like I, you know, I had a lot of jobs when I was a kid and, and, you know, I worked at like Hardee's and pick and save and like all these, you know, all these different places, but i had never worked in like a like a creative uh company right uh and so yeah i only had two jobs and the totality of those two jobs lasted under three years it was like two months two years six months (laughs) so out of my out of my god 20 plus years i've only had two and a half years of working for other people and i was in there i was like taking notes taking photographs learning how to like do stuff and like i was as soon as i learned my lessons i was out um I, i could never i could never do it so um, so I think one of the things that's interesting, I think, about Cool Crocs is that you're not just talking about this shit, right? Um, a lot of people, one, one of the things that that helped me gravitate to the space was everybody was talking about animation. Like you look at, and it's still true to this day. If you go to everybody's roadmap, anyone that has a roadmap, it's apparel animation, comic books, right. Those three things. And at least if not, you know, and then it's IRL events and all this. Shit. But, but it was so much. And I was like, Holy crap. Like everyone's doing comics and everyone wants to do animation. The animation thing I kind of blew off because uh, with uh, having done this for a number of years, I was like, there's, there's no way in hell 90% of these teams can do it. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Right. Um, one of the things that I've always said is like when we first launched uh, adult fantasy people are like, well, where? Why is an animation on the roadmap? Because I'm an animator. Like, when I have animation on the roadmap? Don't you want a pilot? Or this? I was like, well, having done it before, lots. Um, the answer is it's not going to be on the roadmap until it's like well on the way of being produced. You know what I mean? It's not the kind of thing you just toss out there because the pipeline is so long and it just takes a long time to develop, and and, and a million things can go wrong and make it not happen. Um, yeah. And I think one of the things when I saw when I saw Cool Crocs is that you know, certainly you have a lot of those utility elements, like you're talking about clothing or gaming or IRL events, uh, which is totally legit, but you actually launched with an animated, like like a show. Like you didn't just say, hey, we're gonna do an animated thing. You're like, first episode's over there, <laughs> right? Let me know what you yeah. think guys, first episode's live. And that, that's a, that's incredibly impressive for, for anyone that has never tried to do an animated commercial, let alone a, let alone a pilot. Um, it's a tremendous amount of work. I don't care, I don't care how how much motion, how limited the animation. it doesn't matter what the style is. It's a tremendous amount of work. So, uh, I'm curious to know um, really your decision also in in saying, hey, We're going to come out with this like most what most people would do is they would say hey buy the nft here we're going to do the drop buy the nft and we're going to and then the nft will fund the animated project and you actually said no i want to prove myself first let me show you what i can do right and so i'm kind of curious as to why like what was your thinking behind that
1: i mean and and there's a couple things first of all thank you so much for for saying those you know coming from you that that means it means a lot uh second of all Uh, props for being a responsible NFT founder where you didn't put something on the roadmap because you knew what it would take and didn't want to, you know, promise something that uh, you weren't sure would come about if, you know, things went a certain way so I think that is certainly lacking in our space um, especially during the gold rush era Uh, you know, 2021 and and early 2022 this year, it it was crazy what people would just throw out there and, and just hope to god well we need to you know once we make a million dollars then we can start trying these things that we have promised and so so that was never something you know again as a gary v fan uh accountability responsibility putting my name attached to the project and and knowing that i don't really have any you know i don't have any accolades in the animation industry i don't really have anything to like rest my uh l- <laughs> what morals, morals. <laughs> yeah Something <laughs> um, I don't have that. Uh, the and, thing um, with the stuff
0: is the stuff that I don't have that and I don't have it most days.
1: I'm a lyricist. Um, so yeah, so I don't have, so I didn't have that to rest upon. Uh, and, and if I was going to say something, I had to prove it. And it was, you know, we didn't actually launch with it fully done, but it was, in the process from the very beginning, I was already a leg up because I had already had the character designs, right? So there was no creating a character. There was, I always, already had a story in mind. So, you know, and I think it's so easy for NFT founders to throw the things that you threw out there, right? The, the comic book, the animation, because, and the, and the apparel, because once you have digital art, it's like, okay, I can put that on clothes done. I can put that on in a comic book form done and let's just animate it. Right. And that's how they think of it because animation doesn't mean anything to them if they've never done it. Um, And I knew that it was a daunting task, but I also knew how it, at very least my limited animation skills could do it. So, you know, there was no not executing on that promise because if everything else failed, and I had zero dollars. I still have my iPad and I'm, I can still show you progress pics. It might take five years, but I will sh- you know, I'll show the community every step of the way that I'm, I'm not rugging you. I'm, you know, I'm, And that was very important to me. So we made, you know, it was difficult to, to get the cartoon done. We did it how we did it to make sure that we executed our promise because a big part of the project is having a DAO that votes on... Where the episodes go, and so our first episode introduces you into the world and uh, the the main character Charlie. Um, actually, uh, I, I don't want to like you know spoiler alert so much because I definitely want everyone to, to whatever see the man episode. the swamp is everything, but uh, swamp is all swamp is all swamp is all, swamp is all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So you know, and then. I will say that the character you know, ends up going somewhere else and we don't know where that is. And so that will kind of be voting A. And then our next episode will take place in the swamp and with different characters and will be vote option B. And our community after episode two will then vote. Do we want to see what happens on the cliffhanger of episode one? Or do we want to see what happens on episode two and follow that storyline. And Mm. I kind of play the dungeon master because I've written, you know, I've got the Bible of the IP. I've I've got all these storylines and characters. And so I can say, okay, so you're, you, you know, you go that way. So then therefore this is how I get to rearrange the story, Uh, which is fun because I, don't know how it's going to happen. I know the elements I'm going to use. I know the storylines that we have. I know the characters that are coming into play, mm-hmm. but I don't know how they get introduced. I don't know what the community identifies with the most. And ultimately, they'll determine that up to a point. Right. So it's not like a lot of other projects where it is fully, um, which, you know, shout out to them, uh, projects that are doing it this way. It sounds scary as hell to me to just be like, hey, I don't know anyone who's coming to this uh <laughs> you know, to create this show together, but all of us strangers are gonna make it together. Like, that sounds very scary. So I wanted to have it to be grounded in a story with characters, and then the community can, can, oh, what about this part? Let's go back there. Like, oh no, I want it to go over here. Like, okay, cool we already have this world built so that that's yeah. a little bit easier for people newer to this creative process to jump in and, and help. Well, you know, I think you bring up a good, a good question, like a, a good point, And that is,
0: um, you know, I th- and it's something that we've talked about on the show quite a bit, which is the difference, the fun, there's a fundamental difference between projects that are, um, KFP, pure pure PFP projects and projects that come out of the storytelling space with a, with a background in storytelling. Um, you know, one of, one of the things that I was, I worked hard and I I think I had limited success, um, in explaining when, when we were launching was that, um, you know, a, a number of the PFP projects that came out last year when we came out, uh, were, um, designs, not characters. Right. When you take characteristics and you shuffle them, you have something that is that may look like a character, but what you have is a badass, hopefully, a badass design. Uh-huh. Right. And you, and if you ask what the hell is the difference, well, it's like if you take number five, seven, three, two of this design and seven, 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 two of that d- design, and, and they're the same set, you know, monkey one and monkey two are you know ape, one, ape two, whatever it is like you you have things that look the same but there's no difference meaning what's their story where do they come from how do they wake up where do they go to school where are the relationships do they know each other what's the name do they have names like there's there's nothing there they're they're like husks and while i thought it was brilliant for a lot of these early projects to say you get the right so it's on new. You're they're almost like washing their hands of it. Like, Hey, it's, you get to, do, you get to have your own brand, man, go for it. Um, the number of people that actually know how to make a brand out of that are very, very few top, well, top, not even 1%, top zero you know, oh one or something like very, very few. And so I think it, when you come at it from the other side, from a storyteller side with a background and understanding animation or comics or just characters or stories or film, um, you 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 understand inherently even uh that there's a foundational element that comes when you actually create a character with a name and a background even if it's even if it's all you have if you have hey this is all i got names and backgrounds of these characters and these characters kind of different um that is enough to actually then move forward in fact that was sort of the second generation of board ape right where like all of a sudden some of the apes that had their wits with them or, or their desire um, got together and said, Hey, we're the eight crew and we're going to do a podcast. Hey, we're the eight band and we're going to do this. Hey, it's eight beer. And here's my, like it started to kind of formulate cliques and tribes to present uh, different projects. Right. And I think coming out and being able to say, Hey, this is, this is uh, a foundational layer. The storytelling layer is the foundational layer. The character is the foundational layer. Let's build on top of that. I think it's fundamentally different from how, um, I would still say a majority of other of, of projects in the space are like trying to attempt. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think there's kind of like a gray area in between that that I'm kind of striving for because, um, you know, we we created Cool Crocs basically exactly the same as the run of the mill uh, PFP projects that were coming out in t- late. 2021 because that's when I was building it and like that's the template that I knew but I didn't realize that like you were saying just having cool croc which was a character that was already developed and all these other characters were kind of based off of him and just like okay so he's the spokesperson he is the character he came from this world made of crocs so now I'm just throwing attributes mixing them all up and this is the world. And so it right. becomes kind of that hybrid where it's like, this is the world that he comes from. I have this character developed. This character is developed. He goes on to do all these things. I, I know all that I've written those stories, but I, I was loose on the backstory. I know he comes from the swamp. Let's explore what that is. Mm-hmm. Let's create that. And then with the, you know, using that process of just amalgamating the traits together to come up with all these different uh, crocs, you know, like, so those aren't characters, but I now see uh, the community because they live in a world that's an established world, the community is creating those backstories, and that's the fun part of it. And I think, like, when you mentioned, you know, giving um, people the ability to use their PFP and start a brand with it, giving those commercial rights, I mean, you're right, no people, the, the general person isn't going to succeed with that. I think Bored Ape is. You know unicorn is, is special in that regard to where it has enough brand recognition right now that you could kind of do that and get away with it without really knowing too much about creating brand right. whereas you really can't do that with any other nft project right now no matter how much they're selling that to you yeah And right. so you know for for me it's like i want that to be the case so i need to enable and empower and support that creation um i mean oddly enough a little bit of that happened literally today. Um, a couple awesome members of our community have been making derivative art. Uh, shout out Sebus and Lil Sensei, and and so I contacted them like let's let's do something more with this. And you know some of it may fit into what I had already had written. You know, so it's like I'm gonna take you know what they've done, make it canon with with the thing, and that gives them more notoriety, credibility, that if they want to do more on top of that, have their own brand, get those commercial rights, that Mm. it does have the support from, you know, the Cool Crocs brand. And I think that's important too, because that's kind of, I mean, that's a big tenet of the space, right? Is that, oh, we can all have this ownership of the brand. We can all do these things with it. Well, yes, but you can't if the project doesn't actually support that. If they just say, oh, here, you have commercial rights, go do it. and But then won't, you know, put your put that brand on their page or whatever, you know, if they yeah. don't support that in any way, then how is it able to get traction unless right. you're Bored Ape, right? Again, that's, that's the exception to that rule because it has so much uh, notoriety right now. Right. But I think to, to actually execute on that ideal that a lot of us have, mm-hmm. founders need to find ways to support their community.
0: Yeah. 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I, just to be clear too, like having, having the PFPs um, is not a bad thing, right? Like. Like, it, it makes a lot of, I mean, we even talk about it internally, like, like the idea of having like, like thousands of characters or, or thousands of designs that together represent a piece of this greater story is totally legit, right? It's, it's more the projects that, that kind of drop the character or the, you know, what they call a character, right? And, and say, can kind of wash their hands about it, and then move on to the next thing without the support of the story that goes on top of it. Yeah. I feel like A lot
1: of them. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them are just like, oh, here's the story. Like, well, what is the story? Right. I don't know. You guys make it. You guys. <laughs> hey, community. You guys do it's like, it. But, you know, well, well then what are we buying into? It's like, right. oh, the story. Well, well there is no it, story. It, you guys are making a, it. Like, it makes <laughs> an assumption
0: that the shit is easy. Right. And it makes an assumption that like, it makes an assumption up on the part of the founder or the founding team that, people can just do this without really specific direction right P- absolutely you can do this 100% everybody there is no one uh listening to this podcast that cannot create amazing things in storytelling like that that is now no longer a problem right uh with that said you still it still is incumbent upon the founding team and the people creating the project to say okay here are the rules of the world here's here's how this thing could kind of work together and here are some of the options you guys can have that if we work together uh and through contests or games or whatever you're going to do um can actually pull out these new instances to fit inside the world it's still your sandbox you know what i mean it's it, it, if you just say it's a free for all, you get nothing because, you know, one person thinks it's, you know, oh all of a sudden, you know, cool Crocs goes from being cool Crocs to like, you know, speed racer for no reason, you know, like, well, a speed racer meets transformers with a sl- sla- side of, you know. I don't know. And now, cow and, and chicken.
1: All I can think of is Cool <laughs> Crocs with the big, like yeah. old school. Anime I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, there's a, there's and... a classic. There's a classic
0: uh, Simpsons thing where, where they like they they allow Homer Simpson to design a car, and it's the and he ends up putting the best stuff from every car and he puts it all together, and it ends up when it's unveiled, it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen because <laughs> nothing fits together at all. Um, and that's kind of what I, that's, that's like a meme, I think, for most NFT projects that are not really thinking about it in the way that what you're talking about.
1: And, you know and I, mean? I think that, yeah, and I think that that is, you know, it's open to interpretation and, and that's the beauty of you know, the creative space that we're in. But, you know, that decentralization, decentralized IP is something that we're wrestling with for the first time ever. So how we create it, like, you know, like you're saying, like it could end up being like that ugly car because it was decentralized and everyone came at it with different ideas that don't fit together. Yep. And there, and then there's, you know, I think when we're talking about pure decentralization, Cool Crocs is not technically that because I'm kind of playing this dungeon master role and I'm, I'm, I'm using this IP that has already been created and, and these ground level stories that, you know, these stories that I want to tell. Uh, through these worlds. And so like that already exists. However, there's open, you know, there is DAO voting. There is these elements, you know, members can use their characters in the show. Like there's elements of decentralization without it being fully decentralized. And everyone, you know, that's the beauty of of a new creative space is that everyone can be on that, you know, a hundred to zero spectrum of of decentralized IP and what that means to them. Um, And so no doubt we're going to get fascinating results um, that we've already seen, you know, the the beginning of. And I'm really excited. I really think that, you know, what we're already seeing is the very tip of the iceberg of of Toon 3, you know, the hashtag Toon 3, the the Web3 cartoons that we, you know, both exist in in that very small community, right? Like we can name them on our hands how many projects actually fit into into that category um but i really believe that it's going to usher in uh, a new golden age of animation because it's i think rick and morty showed us that we're hungry for new ip yeah right there's something when, when that show came out it was so outlandish it was so bizarre it was only able to hit the airways because dan Harmon has so much you know clout in the game um, of the more traditional, you know, game. And, and Justin Roiland could never have landed a show. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but yeah. I don't think the craziness of Justin Roiland could have gotten a show without someone who had already been established in that system, you know, pulling him in. Um, and, but, but the success of it obviously shows that that's what we're hungry for as, as consumers of content is really radical, experimental, creative you know, cartoons. And that's what we're able to do when we, you know, get rid of, when we bypass the gatekeepers of, you know, these suits that, that, I would love to know your perspective on, on those suits that are giving the the green lights to shows and not giving the green lights to others because they haven't got to eat them, you know, meet the metrics. And I know a little bit of it since I've been in LA, because that's the first thing that I try to do is, was uh, get into the writing world and, and started, uh, you know, learning from other writers and taking classes and hearing their stories about pitching and just being like, this is, I don't think this is for me because I, it doesn't seem like it rewards. It's hell,
0: man. Uh, To me, it was hell. (laughs) It was living hell. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you, that's a, that's a great, um, uh, yeah, I'll certainly tell you about it. So real quick though, I want to jump in the chat, uh, just say, give, give props to everybody who showed up tonight. Uh, Willie D what's up brother. How you doing? LFG uh big top midway what's up big top big top is an awesome project shout out to big top what's up let's duck and go what's up man kg how you doing evening how you doing kg kg congratulations on winning uh on beating tiger woods this past weekend uh in your golf game uh it was phenomenal to see you beat such a legend i'm just kidding uh dusty what's up man how are you doing uh natasha let's go let's go Uh, Mastiff, what's up Hey Listen the master and go it. cool Crocs.
1: Yeah. OJP.
0: <laughs> Massive says love the first episode. Awesome. Yeah. That first I episode can't wait awesome. We to see
1: uh Dragon Forge. They they they're making their stuff right now.
0: Hell yeah. Hi, what's up hype? Welcome. Been a minute. Missed you. LFG, what's up hype? Always good to see you. Uh Natasha says Hieroglyphics.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go.
0: Bad kitty, what's up? Hey everyone. Bad kitty uh uh natasha says so awesome hip-hop heads love it uh uh massive says you can't say that you'll end up like jerry (laughs) jerry jerry Jerry. (laughs) yep um yeah man so so you asked kind of it's kind of a deep question about the suits because they're they're almost like caricatures themselves and there's different there's different like ways the shit can go down right so without covering all of the stereotypes um, a, a, there's like a lot of these people run by committee. Um, you know, I, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen projects get tossed out for the dumbest shit um, in front of the best people uh, purely, purely because they were worried about something that wasn't a problem. Um, the color of someone's hair or the, the size of someone's lips, right? Like ridiculous things that could be changed um uh i mean just to people like it just the most the weirdest shit dude um you also have other people who um you also have people who will select projects and this is again not everyone I'm, i'm putting people into giant buckets here right um but like you have someone uh you have people who will put they will select projects that they can control. Right. So if they, if they feel like they can actually be the cook and be the chef in the kitchen, uh, then they will do that. And, and if you don't want that, then you're, that's the, the good, good luck. And right.
1: And I think that's what's, I think that's probably the most important point is that, uh, a lot of, and, and there, there's a fine line, right? Like as, as a creative, um, I've I often said this as in regards to my making music is that like you know making art is like making babies but you have to like kill half of them yeah because you know that they that's what the cutting room floor is right the that phrase of like okay that's not good enough but like you still create that's still your baby you know so it's like it's hard so you have to like kind of become okay with making a baby and then murdering it and that's i apologize for the metaphor no but it's true though it it, it is i I mean because that's how much it means you know to to a lot of us artists when we create something and then we have to say not good not doesn't fit can't use it and it hurts
0: what what ended up happening to me is i got to the point where i i was fortunate enough to get in and i was doing i was pitching and uh i got i got in front of one of the bigger one of the biggest names in in animation so someone that people in animation would would know um super good guy legit like runs a tight ship awesome to to artists um was really supportive and was really interested in working on this project that i had pitched and i was diving into to what it's like on the other side of things because you never know right like like there's a difference, there's a difference between being an animator and being an animation director and being a showrunner and being someone that actually creates the show. And I, I don't want to say the artist who he, he was the, the animation guy who was ta- talking about, um, and he wasn't saying it as a negative, but he was just being, thankfully he was being real. Basically at the end of the day, to, to your point, JP, like you are, when you go into the traditional system, you are signing over the rights to everything. Um, so you don't get you don't get 50 percent, you don't get 90 percent, you don't get 99 percent. You get a, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent. You are the lowest on the totem pole for inventing the show. On top of that, on top of that, on, right? On, on top of that, um, you're the one doing the animation because you're basically what you get as the artist when you do these shows is you get your name on the credits as the director and as the creator. You get your artwork and your characters, if it's successful, everywhere through licensing and creative services deals, right? Um, and you get yourself a job, so you get a you get a higher pay, a, a slight bump in pay over, say, uh, a director, right? But not so much that you're buying a yacht, if you get my drift, right? And and I was talking, and and so and he, thankfully I, I learned this. I mean, you're you're basically getting. You know a decent pay right um uh which is fine to raise a family on like i think i you know i i don't remember what it was but i'm sure it was in the in the low six figures which is great it's fine um and you're getting like a like a tiny 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 like a bump the percentage the percentage that you actually own is small enough to be considered a bonus pay at christmas time right um and certainly there are exceptions to the rule depending on your history and how how famous you are and how much pull you have but your first show you're not getting jack shit really um and you know honestly like i had also he i was like well um he put me this this person put me in touch with someone who who had two shows under his belt um very well-known shows that you would know and i talked to him for a little bit and i just couldn't get the i couldn't get it out of my head that it didn't seem like this guy was happy at all Hmm. he just didn't seem happy you know And I was like, dude, you got like shows, like everyone knows your stuff. Everybody knows your stuff to this day. People know his stuff. And, but he just, it just didn't seem happy. And maybe there were other things going on. Who knows? Um, But to me at that point in time, I was like, I don't want, I don't want to, I'm not looking for a job. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind working on my stuff, but, but it, it has to be at a certain level. Otherwise I'm just. Giving you, my, giving you all of my creative energy to guarantee that I have a job for a season or two.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's where this is really changing the game. Because, you know, like when I first moved to LA and was, you know, looking at that traditional route, there's no way in hell I would ever let my big concepts that I'm now, that is now Cool Crocs. Be sold, and that's my most developed stuff, right? But I I knew that that was the game. So it's like, well, if I'm ever going to get that on TV, first I have to do two or three shows that I'm just making up. And I think that's how we end up with all this, you know, mediocre stuff. Is because this this is exactly what you described. It it was people just like, okay, well, I have to give all this energy to just get a job, so I'm not going to give them my my real thing that I'm really working on, right? Or if they do, then they lost it. And it's like, well, that was that thing I created, but now I only, you know, I don't get any residuals. I, you know, what they took it, they, they changed it, they messed it up and now I don't even own it anymore. And that was what I really cared about, you know? And, and so, so it just forces like the artist to like, okay, I can think of a character. I can think of a thing I can think of an episode in a season. Let's pitch that. Okay, cool. I got that green lit. Sweet. Let's do another thing. Let's okay. I have these candor. And like, there's not as much heart and soul into that because they can't. Because it, they'll get it ripped away from them if it even gets there, uh, and and again, that's not that doesn't fulfill me. That I don't, you know, that makes sense. Why it didn't fulfill your your friend who your that conversation was with, and that's why this project for me is so is so fulfilling is because you know I know individually like ninety nine percent of all the holders and. I am going to continue to talk with them more. And, as, you know, and that community is actually gives me, you know, spirit. Like it, it, it makes me feel good versus so it adds to creative energy versus like taking the creative energy away and feeling like you're getting ripped off because that story is probably the most common story in the Hollywood system, you know, is, is what happened to the artist? Well, they got screwed, you know, and, and that's the most common story. And and I, I understand it from like the perspective of what the media companies have to do when they're overhead and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't negate the fact that, you know, they're using artists like wood to a fire, right? Just keep the thing going to keep it lit. And they're just burning us out, you know, and, and, and for what, you know, just to keep the train moving a little bit further, just to feed the the pockets of of those execs and, and keep those numbers good for the investors. And, and, you know, so many artists have an issue with that. And it's really difficult to walk that line where you can be commercially successful and still, you know, and still keep that, you know, like to navigate that is, is really tricky. I definitely haven't found it myself, which is why NFTs were were the answer to that. Like, oh, let's bypass that whole system. Let's just, even though it's difficult, like I know that I have a, a small community that, you know, it was it was right there in the comments, you know, like people referencing uh the show. And and that that brings so much joy to me, more so than if I would have sold Cool Crocs for a check and yeah. then never being able to, to own that IP to do anything with it ever again.
0: It also, I think spoils you. And what I mean by that is like, if you, it at least it did with me and I'm not even talking about NFT specifically, like this is way back. Like when I started doing my own projects and launching my own books and, and comics and toys and, and doing my own stuff. And every single time after that, where I had to go into an animation studio, um, whether I was a consultant, uh, or, um you know however they were bringing me in um I, I was like an alien because i didn't speak the language meaning there's no connection like it certainly if i would i would go into go on you know uh on site and we'd I'd be directing uh you know a commercial or a pilot or whatever and you're focused on the work and you're like yeah here's the pipeline the deadline the keyframes the et- that, 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 but the minute you try to get personal like there's no connection because you can't have this you can't have a normal conversation because nobody the minute you tell them oh yeah I've got this NFT project and and I've got this I've got this community and discord and yeah I'm talking about this and we're creating this world people are like what are you talk like it it's like it's like speaking a different language it's like what I don't you have that, that and 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 all of a sudden you're completely you are now outside of that system like and there's almost no way that you can go back it's very hard it's very hard to go into that system after being out of it or having never been in it like you you would be coming into that and it would be cool for a minute and then you'd be like what the fuck am i doing
1: here and and i and i've i've seen it i've seen literally uh We were working on a feature film not that long ago. Um, You know, I'm just on the production team. But uh, someone that I was working with was talking to The Grips because she wants to be a director, so she wants to know, you know, all the ins and outs of everything, uh, which is great. But when she... (laughs) when she was talking to them about like you know getting a job they're like well don't tell anyone that you want to be a director like you'll never right. they'll never let you in to this yes. department if they think that you want to do something else and it's just like how how messed up of a system is it when everyone like has to hide their true and like why shouldn't she want to get a job doing this so it better informs another part you know like why why isn't there more You know and and i don't know the answer to that i just know that that's that's the thing i saw that's the thing i keep seeing and you know i've always felt like an outsider anyway um you know a large i i know now that a large part of that is is because of you know neurodivergence and in my brain just operating differently and never knowing why um so i always just felt different and uh but that's I think one of the great things, again, like about the NFT community, especially in regards to entertainment and you know, the NFT projects that are creating IP, is we don't necessarily we don't have to play that game anymore. We can we can come in from the outside, you can be an independent creator, you know, uh, ferocious to name a name right. of someone that I like mm-hmm. all of a sudden he is who he is from just you know being a kid making art in his room. And that story is everything, that that ability, that opportunity to, you know, just be at the right place at the right time, have talent, have drive, and create that for yourself, that that community that that you can get people to through social media, right? You don't need anyone else. You can find your people that relate to you and bring them value through your art. And you can live off that, that that changes the whole game. That changes the whole game.
0: It really does, man. I, and I think it's, we're, we're in such interesting times. And I'm really curious how, one of the challenges of what we do is that we are, um, every day is living on the cutting edge, right? And so, it which sounds awesome and cool, and it, sometimes it can be, but it's really effing, difficult and so um, i'm curious like how you manage this kind of this i don't know quote unquote cutting edge problem where you're there is there is no template right like we don't even have enough information in the nft space to predict how september nft sales are going to be because it because doing analytics as far as i know and, and some of these other trackers only go back as far as last year because that's when they were built right i mean certainly you can see crypto from like 2011 but if you were if you wanted to see it like like the actual charts and graphs of like 2010 and before it's actually kind of hard to find so i'm, I'm kind of curious how how as a as a founder of this like how do you deal with like oh we got to be on discord all day and or we got to do giveaways or we have to motivate the community or we got to launch this. We got to set up a plan for that. Like how, what's your process? Like, how are you kind of managing this shit?
1: Um, You know, it's, it's funny because on one hand, the answer is like not at all terribly. Like it, I, I struggle constantly. I and like, I was wondering if this is going to come up because I have literally been very depressed for like weeks now. Why? Um, I why? Because it's tough, you know. Like you know, uh, there's there's not a lot of money. I'm I'm struggling to survive in LA, and 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 you know, so that that can be challenging, yeah. um, and that can be difficult. Uh, and then there's amazing things like this and and our you know community that that keep me going. And so I think that's you know. So on one hand. Like, yeah, no, it's a struggle. And I, I mean, I'm getting through it the only way I know how. But this, the other side of it is, it's it's easy. <laughs> because I'm not, I know, I know, right? You like the duality? Uh, because I'm not, I don't care about the the price of, of Ethereum. I don't care about NFT sales. Um, what this is, is... A drive a lifelong yearning to have to create something like i said i drew this character in 2009 like i've been i've been kind of developing and toying with it um and i think really i was scared to to go all in with it i think that's 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 what it was is that i've been doing this on the side and no one was giving me outer validation that like oh you should do this full time for your your life like i didn't get that validation so i kind of leaned away from it but i couldn't stop I couldn't stop thinking of the stories. I couldn't stop thinking of the characters. I just kept toying with it in my spare time. And then eventually realized that that's what it was. was a fear of of that. And then so I took, you know, again, took that big leap to go to LA um, to just pursue it no matter what. Thank mm-hmm. God that I found uh, a, a better medium, in my opinion, than this NFT uh, technology as opposed to you know, the the industry that we've both been talking about, you know, the, the cons of. Um, and and so once I found that, it's like, okay, like, I this is what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter what it looks like, because I know from a philosophical, ideological, and even technological level, this allows me to do what I want to do. Now I just have to do it. And so I don't care what the Ethereum price is. I don't care what NFT sales are. I'm... Doing what my heart always wanted to do, yeah. And yes, it can be challenging because we live in capitalism. The rent has to get paid. I have to feed myself. Like stuff happens. You know, life is hard. <laughs> um, but you know, at the end of the day, there's a you know the Mastiff is quoting a, a part from the episode. You know, that's and, right. And and nothing's better than that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. What uh, What do you? What do you think is the what, what do you think about all of these uh companies and networks now jumping into the nft space
1: i think it's inevitable i mean if if there's money there's gonna be corporations that want that money you know like as soon and that's that's what capitalism necessarily does is keep creating different segmentations to sell to right between did not exist <laughs> when we were kids, but they invented that demographic to sell to them. And right. and that is a process that is necessary through in capitalism. So once a little window opens up, it will be exploited as much as possible because that's what the machine needs to continue moving. Um, and so, of course, they're going to get in. But, you know, we've had at least a year now Um and we still have a solid amount of time, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three, maybe five, before we see a a real, before I I think there'll be like a shut, I mean, because that money, that corporate, whatever you want to call it, it does take over. But right now we have this opportunity, right? And that's why I'm so passionate about it, is that right now an independent creator is on the same level footing as Versace. Yeah, ain't that cool, Marvel. man? is that freaking awesome? It is. It's the coolest thing ever, you know? And it's like, it's so exciting that we have this opportunity right now. We can do it. it, it it's not going to be here forever. You know, you have to be smart. You have to be tactical. You know, you have to really work hard. It's tough. But it's an opportunity. And these opportunities don't come very often, you know? And I feel at, at my age, I'm 36. So I, you know, was a kid when the internet was created and didn't have the foresight to be like, Oh, I'm going to be on computers because this is the future, you know, didn't. So I feel like I missed the internet, social media, Facebook was created, you know, when I was a freshman in college is basically, Facebook was basically created for my generation specifically. Mm Uh, and I missed it. I, I didn't, you know, use that technology to become, you know, an influencer or, or what have you. Uh, and so I feel like I've already missed it twice. And so when i saw nfts it's like there's no fucking way yeah, dude. <laughs> i'm listening this again yeah. and it's a platform actually for art whereas you know we know social media really wasn't right because they own everything that you put on there and we know that in its infancy the the internet was just information so it really you know the, the laws weren't really there yet the, the uh structure wasn't really there yet but now everything is mature you know we have in uh uh internet you know currency native to the internet you know we have our art we can own it through the blockchain if even if it's digital so now all the infrastructure is in place to allow for us to go so as artists let's go if you're listening and you create anything make an nft project stand by it and and work at it
0: it's so the future man i mean it's the way everything is going you know if you believe that people are going to spend more more and more time online and if you believe that You know because people spend more and more time online that at some point digital items will become as precious and as valuable as real life items uh then the only thing else to to decide is whether decentralized digital items are more important and precious than centralized items and and it's pretty obvious i think with with anyone who thinks through it critically uh, what the actual answer is and and that is NFTs and and what we're doing in the space. And I I think it's really obvious, um, no matter, no matter what people think, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I've, I've lived through this too, you know, like I, the whole NFT space, when I saw, when I saw last year and fortunately we got in early and, and started building early and, um, but it reminded me, like I was, I was, uh, an animator working and I had some gigs during the the dot-com bubble and i didn't know anything about tech at the time so i missed that whole thing right and then and then before that um you know in the 90s like i was a student i was a kid i was in high school when the whole image comics thing blew up with like you know all the top comic artists getting together and leaving marvel and and dc and all that and kind of coming together and, and just launching their own stuff and they they were fucking rock stars and and when I of course I missed that because I was just too young and then seeing this uh when I saw what nfts were doing I was like oh here it is like this is it this is probably the last this this might be the last major I mean this is this is the next internet and and we're probably none of us will be around beyond like this is good this might be it for the next 50 years it really might be like this is such a leap from web 2.0 and from what was before I was like, I got it. I dropped everything. I dropped everything. I was like, I got it. And I had to have like, you know, very, very hard, wonderful conversations with my wife about (laughs) why I was, I was dropping our successful business that we had worked like almost 10 years building, right. To where we finally got to this point where it was like, I basically was chill. Like I had, I was easy. It was no stress. Money was rolling in. Like I finally hit that point. And all of a sudden, I was like, so babe,
1: we um... <laughs> <laughs> gotta change this.
0: So, um,
1: yeah. Oh, man.
0: So, so, you know how everything is working perfectly finally after like years of starvation? How would you like to starve again?
1: You I'm know, know? Right like, how would you like One to just time. take a shot? You know, Why not? Why not? just start so... all the way over.
0: Yeah. How would you like to just start from zero again? <laughs> and fortunately, she's awesome. And
1: <laughs> well, shout out to, to all the women out there. Shout I know out. that uh, uh, my. Uh, girlfriend, Michelle Chu, It's Michelle Chu on, on Twitter. She's listening. And, and it was really cool because, you know, it's kind of similar in the sense that when I went down the rabbit hole of NFTs, she was next to me being like, what is happening? What are you doing? Why are you waking up in the middle of the night spending money that you don't really have that much of to buy a, a, a picture of what, that Like, the."
0: i literally explained it to to melissa i I explained no joke i was because she's so melissa is our lead dev so she's a senior dev like she's no joke like she's knows her shit, and i literally had to start breaking down crypto and i was trying to explain nfts and crypto and no joke i straight up said so you know the story about magic beans And I just told her the story of Jack and the Beanstalk. And I was like, that's what it is. And she was like, this is not selling me, Todd. Like,
1: You're not helping
0: your case by telling me that you want to sell a cow for some magic beans. Right. But I was like, it's
1: kind of true. It's kind (laughs) of accurate. It's it's pretty close. I I also wanted to give you a shout out for recognizing that because your industry as a whole did not. And does not, as far as I can tell. I mean, do you want to speak towards that a little? Because I I talked to, you know, like I said... I was literally on a film set and I talked to the director being like, because the film was supposed to be an NFT or it is going to be an NFT, but literally not a single person on set, including the director, the producer, no one knew anything more than that sentence that, oh yeah, it's going to be an NFT. Well, what does that mean? Where it's going to be relieved? What's blockchain is on? Like, like how is it? Is it going to be the whole movie? Is it like, what are you going to do? And the, right. Oh, we don't know. We don't know a single thing about it. And frankly, we don't care. And that's, you know, I've gotten that, you know, as an artist, you know, put like, oh, here's my art. You know, wh- whether it's painting, whether it's you know, pencil on paper, whatever it is. But then they'll see like, oh, and you make NFTs. Nah, get out of here. And it's just like I don't understand why people in your line of work, arguably animating, is going to be the line of work that can make the most money. In I know it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's fear, not. man.
0: It's fear of what they don't understand, and and it's terrifying. Like. Art, artists and creatives it doesn't matter how especially pros amateurs can have a fear amateurs have the fear that um and I'm generalizing so you know anecdotal evidence here um but but speaking in broad brushstroke terms amateurs have a fear that if they choose to do the wrong thing that that, that may keep them out of future opportunities if I, if I say the wrong thing, if I do the wrong thing, if I speak to the wrong people in the wrong way, I will lose my opportunities. Okay. So there's a fear there. The okay, professionals no. have an opposite. The professionals have an opposite fear. The professionals have the fear, as, as they say, um, uh, if I do or say or support the wrong thing, I'll lose everything. Right, and that's a stronger fear because it's it's always more fearful to lose what you've already earned than it is to 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 something that you've never never and had.
1: That, and that sounds, I mean, that's that's what I've experienced. Terrifying, in, in it's Hollywood. absolute
0: terror. And but and, go but, ahead. but
1: but like but that only exists in the microcosm of the industries, like because that's how we see it, right? Like that that's not inherent to. You know, human culture, right? Like it, it, exists in Hollywood, and you know, I, I don't in New York. Like, like what, like that machine? It exists for sure because it is so. Um, you know, nepotism is wild, is so rampant to where you can't say the wrong thing, or else the wrong people will say no, and if you get denied by then, then they're blackballed from the entire industry, and then 100%. your career's over. Yep. And, and, and we
0: talked, and we've talked to people on this show. Um, it, it's actually incredibly interesting to me. Um, because you have all these people who have had completely different backgrounds, um, who have their own lives, who support their own things, you know, different races or religions and political, who, all this stuff, just, just a complete palette of people. Yet, everybody has had the experience of someone saying, you support that NFT crap? You're awful. This is horrible. It's terrible. It's absolute shit. And you're going to whatever. Like, Like, and, and it's like, wait a minute. Like it's almost, it's a very unique bonding element. You know what I mean? It's like, we can all agree that those people are nuts. And, and it's like, you know, it's, it's a very fascinating thing. It's a very fascinating thing. You know,
1: I never thought I would, I would be so lucky as to not have been able to get into that system because that would have been me, you know, I, if, if I, if everything would have gone the way I wanted it to in 2019 and early 2020, I would you know, be low level in the industry, in the animation industry somewhere. And I would have seen NFTs and been like, huh, yeah. And people just said like, you don't tell anyone that, you know, like don't actually do that. Oh shoot, you're doing an NFT project. You're out, man. You know, and, and yeah. oh, who oh sure. if that would have just, so, yeah, so I guess I never thought of it that way. So I'm glad you brought it. up. It's that so bad,
0: JP. Project. It's so bad that, and this is, you can do research on this. It's so bad that, the companies last year all, every company wants to jump into nfts mm-hmm. all of them uh gaming companies animation studios comic company you name it they all want to do nfts none of them want the blowback um, from either fans or employees right and they know that there is a blowback factor because of misinformation and people just don't understand they don't they're not thinking about the future they're thinking about the press they're it's apples and oranges. They, they think about things, numbers and data and silos and not the broader picture of what it actually means. So, but here, here's how dumb it is. Here's how dumb it is that, that companies now companies last year were like, we're going into NFTs and they got blowback. No, don't do it. Destroys the environment. This and that awful, awful people, black market blah 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 dark money whatever all all the stuff that you're just like oh my god this shit is insane this year they said we are no longer they come out say we've heard you we are are listening we the corporation we hear you we are listening we will not be doing nfts instead coming soon digital collectibles (laughs) (laughs) and everyone's like oh that's totally fine oh totally fine
1: We're cool. You want to do things that we can buy, but not own.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) these are digital collectibles that have a contract that's immutable on a block. Totally fine. Absolutely fine. As long as they're not NFTs. And, you know, and and I think, and I think what you're going to see is that I think that the, the, the word NFT is like the word JPEG, like nobody says really JPEGs. They export to JPEGs. They upload JPEGs, but you're not really talking in terms of JPEG. You just say picture. Yeah. You just say picture, and that I think is pretty much where everything is headed. Yeah. Right. Well, At to... the minute you get your out of the out of the language, uh, everyone's totally cool with it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I I have empathy for that too because it makes perfect sense why an established system would spread disinformation about something that could radically change and take away power, you know, from the power structure itself, you know, so it is very threatening. This technology is very threatening to governments, to, you know, people that hold power that want the established system to remain the same. So, you know, let's put everything negative about it. And if all you're doing is eating those, you know, uh, run of the mill, News sources or media sources—that's all you consume. That's your opinion,
0: right? And, and nobody—and these companies get it, man. Nobody wants to be blockbustered.
1: you know. No, and and I mean, it, it happens so fast. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was—I because I forgot about it. Like honestly, I don't really pay attention to all to a lot of things. <laughs> I, I like to only <laughs> live in my little cartoon fantasy world, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but. Uh, it was Anthony Hopkins. He posted, like, oh, some, and I don't know if it was him, you know, but it was on his Twitter profile. Like, I want to learn more about NFTs. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, and I jump in there just totally like, oh, how fun, Anthony, you know. And then uh, every comment is, no, oh my gosh, you're the devil now. Oh, yeah, I, right. I thought yeah. you were great, but now I have to get rid of all your movies. And just like, it's like really, you know, and so like I start going through so naive, being like, "Oh, actually, let me just inform you really quick. I'm sorry, you must have not have the accurate information." And I tried, I tried to just <laughs> just be a reasonable human being and like be like, "You can't be reasonable, don't you and, dare!" Yeah, I was lambasted, and it was it was a horrible experience. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is the, the." If you
0: ever wanna, if you ever wanna um, have a laugh, or just like have enough fodder to talk to somebody in a conversation like off off the internet and irl go look at any comment from any major comic publisher um like image comics launched a board ape book or like a couple of board apes it was um um he's a ac- famous comedian he has a board ape so he decided to do a board ape comic under the image banner and just the comments are crazy if you look at uh dc comics launched the bat cowl they did, they did like a, a batman nft where it's just like the cowl of batman and it's mm-hmm. like you can have one in wood and one in jade not not my thing personally but people seem to like it uh but the comments are just thousands mm-hmm. deep and and they're hilarious in how like bad they are you're just like wow like the 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 emotion it's not even a it's just pure emotion yeah it's just it's like it's like someone's taking away their toy and, and when really it's the exact opposite, like, you're like, yo, you get to create whatever you want now and nobody can take it from you.
1: I mean, yeah, yes. And again, if you don't have that knowledge, how are you going to know that perspective? You know, because I think it's anytime people's world views. because people, you know, I, I, I went to school in anthropology and philosophy and stuff. And so like, you know, the how people understand the worldview, right? Because I see it mostly with religion because that's where I was. That kind of led me down that path is how I was raised religious and started questioning it at, at an early age. And and then the, the blowback from that was like, okay, I really need to figure this out because they do not like you asking questions, which seems to go directly against Jesus' teaching. But anyway, don't point that out to them. They, they will really hate you. Um, and so it, it led me to to study it as a phenomenon in human behavior. And that's what I've learned is when people create their worldviews, they're, they're more or less solid and anything that threatens that worldview is, you know, uh, just won't compute and, and must be destroyed for them to keep existing the way that they thought they existed. And so it's, it's really like, I mean, that's why you get that passion and that, that emotion. Cause it's, it's life or death. You're this thing though. We're open to it and we see the positives. If they've only seen the negatives, this thing is trying to destroy who they think they are. Right. And they, they, and so I, I get from their perspective, it's just a shame that as a society, we've lost the ability to have a nuanced conversation, especially in media, right? There's no such thing as a nuanced conversation on a news channel, you know, like that right. that just doesn't exist anymore. And I think that's led to people not being able to have a nuanced conversation. And once, you know, that that's not a possibility between two people with opposed views, You're like right. it's cool. really difficult to make any headway in in sharing ideas which is a shame because that's the most beautiful thing about about humanity in my opinion is is the creativity and and how we can share these ideas that can change the world case in point what we're all been talking about nfts
0: that's awesome man i think that's a brilliant point dude that's a that's a brilliant point um massive says uh keep going jp i will just for you (laughs) kg's laughing He was i think he was laughing at our 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 a uh, compassionate corporate talk, <laughs> and uh, Dusty says he's still looking for that rare wooden bat cowl. Yeah, those were those were something else. Uh, well, JP, man, this has been awesome, dude. Where can people find oh, you? Where should we direct everybody?
1: Um, I mean CoolCrocs.io first and foremost is flashed on the screen, so thank you for that. That's where you can mint a croc. Uh, you know, has the links to our Twitter and Discord and everything. Uh, the Twitter is at cool crocs nft um i'm there all the time i have a personal twitter which is at jpz underscore j-a-y-p-e-e-z-y which was formerly my uh my you know my rap persona handle um <laughs> not that anyone's gonna do it but if you scroll all the way back to like 2003 or 5 or whenever the hell uh 2007 i forget when i made it but it was it's all like rap and then it's just like all NFT. Like there was like a huge <laughs> five year gap when I was not on Twitter at all. It was just all rap and then all of a sudden it's all NFT stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm there the most uh, we have a Discord. I, I love when people jump in, um, but I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, oh, I don't know if you've asked this, but the things that I'm working on, are you about to ask them? i all wait for you to What ask. are you working on? <laughs> um so we've got a card game coming out uh which i'm very excited about that's going to be the 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 newest product that we that we drop as as cool crocs the brand we've already launched the plushie uh our wearable you know t-shirt and hoodie um and the next is going to be a card game so i'm very excited about that working on the art for that uh and our shopify store is coming soon uh which i think will be able to bring in a lot of people into the NFT world. I mean, going back to what we were last talking about. And also I mentioned my girlfriend and how in the beginning she didn't know, you know, what I was doing in this NFT life, but now she is on it. Like she's talking about it on stage. She has surpassed me with her knowledge of NFTs. Um, and, uh, oh, so with with the Shopify store, bridging those gaps, right? Um, bringing people in and how she got brought in was she finally found something that she related to where she could earn crypto just from walking. It's the it's project called Step In. Um, so when she learned that, that you know she goes on walks that she could just be making money just from going on these walks, like that's what clicked for her. And I think all it takes is one thing. It doesn't matter what you're into. There will be an NFT project if there's not already that caters to your demographic. And that's when people will be like, well, I like that so maybe i do like nfts and so we're trying to do that through through the brand because a lot of people that i've talked to they, they like the cartoon that's on youtube they like they really like the shirt i've had the shirts for like a long time and people come up to be like yo i love that shirt i love that character and i'm just like cool it's an nft project and they're just like i don't know what that is but <laughs> like but that doesn't matter right like let's just bring them in slowly um and so i'm excited for the shopify store to open so let people learn about the the story and then eventually they will see that if you're a holder of the nft you get all this stuff i'm selling for free (laughs) holders get it for free uh so i think that's when people will kind of like make that switch and just say like okay why why wouldn't i go through the process of the metamask i know it's scary uh probably the listeners here aren't the people that you know this message is aimed to reach uh to get over the hump of how scary going through the metamask process is but um that, that's what we're doing with Cool Crocs to to try to bridge that gap, to try to onboard more people, is bring them into the storyline and, and the cool products and then let them know that if you're a holder, you get all this for free.
0: That's awesome, man. I think that's fantastic. And congrats again on getting the uh, animation out because that's no small feat.
1: Thank you. Appreciate Not it. at all.
0: So, absolutely. So, everybody, uh, go check out JP's project. Go check out Cool Crocs. Uh, CoolCrocs.io. Uh, support support people. You got to support good people. So go out there, follow them on Twitter, support the project. Go check it out. Uh, and JP, man, this was awesome. Thank you so much, dude.
1: Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, lovely talking to you. Uh, I hope we get to you know continue the conversations on and off the, the internet. And uh, thanks to Dusty too for for doing what he does and helping Absolutely. out. Absolutely, JP. And, hang uh, out for just a, a second. We'll, we'll a talk good. in the
0: green room here. Uh, but everybody else, thank you so much. Evening Alpha. Go check us out on Spotify, uh, iTunes, Amazon Music. We are everywhere. Uh, we're also on YouTube. So please like, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, all that good stuff. Um, we're growing. We're expanding. You know that. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. We we couldn't do this without you. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, and, you know, as always, God bless. Take care of yourself. Love you. Peace out.